okay, as we commit this, uh, the word, sharing of the word into God's hands. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your love, Lord, your presence, Lord, with each one of us this whole week. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good father. We thank you this morning we can gather in your presence to give you thanks and worship you. Let all things work together for our good, Lord, because you are, you love us, Lord, and nothing can separate us from your love. This morning, Lord, we acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, as the greatest teacher and revealer of truth. I ask that you think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let your words go forth, not in my own human wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power, Lord. That, Lord, as your word goes forth into the hearts of your people, Lord, miracles happen, Lord. Healings take place, Lord, and what and provisions, Lord, supply, whatever your people need, Lord, like that provision or miracle happen today, wherever they are this morning in their respective homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so today, the, as usual, our Lord Jesus and Abba Father has wonderful things for us. You know, words, his word is really powerful. It's not just a word of man. What you are hearing is the word of God, okay? And God is a God of miracles. God is a God, a good father. God is the one who can <clears throat> do, uh, create something out of nothing. So when we hear his words, right? Jesus said that my words are spirit and our life and our life. If you hear his word from your heart and your spirit, you will receive life. You receive miracles in your life this morning. Okay, today, uh, this is the title, right? And a beautiful uh, background by Evelyn. Meet Jesus, my source and supply. It is really something that the Holy Spirit wants for us this morning. You know, sometimes as a preacher, we prepare. And then I prepare another message. And then... Holy Spirit change it. <laughs> so, well, this is what he wants to give us everything that we ever need. Okay, let's go to the, the Bible, uh, John chapter 4, and read an account, okay, of Jesus uh, with the, this woman, all right? So he left, Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. See, those days, they walk, right? <laughs> and Jesus had a very long walk from one place to another. Today, we drive car and we say very far. But the best is Zoom, right? <laughs> it's the nearest. You don't even to drive anywhere or walk anywhere, right? To meet the Lord Jesus and uh, one another. But Jesus had to walk during that time. And he walked a long way for one purpose, you know. To walk out of the, uh, along the way, he went to Samaria. And he sat at the, beside a well about noontime. So, it's about our time, right? You know, I always think that, you know, in that we need to, uh, you know, when we hear God, 
must be early in the morning, cold, <laughs> cooler, quiet, or at night, you know, in the aircon, right? That's what how we all think most of the time, right? So, but you can meet Jesus even at noontime, <laughs> 12 o'clock, in the afternoon sun and heat. Jesus is still there. He's, at, he's with us all the time, right? Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. So you see this visual, all right, of Jesus. I think it's roughly like this, right? And a woman at well who was drawing water from the well. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. Noon time, lunch time. <laughs> so some after you all will go and get food, right? Or you have prepared some lunch already. So the disciples missed this part where Jesus had a wonderful conversation with the uh, Samaritan woman because they had to buy food. So most of you, it's okay. Forget about the food first, the physical food, right? Now spend this time, like Wendy always say, right at the feet of Jesus. Okay, listening to his word. Okay, and there's an appointment there. You know, just now, Ching uh, was sharing about appointment. Yeah, Jesus had an appointment unknown to the disciples with this woman. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritan. Those, anyone who is not a Jew is a, uh, is a Gentile, right? That's the means they do not have the promises of God. They don't have the covenants. Okay, So she said to Jesus, you are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. Lord, may Every one of us open our spiritual eyes to see you this afternoon as this Samaritan woman met you at the well. May we meet you face to face this morning, Lord. Jesus said to the woman, if you only knew, see the woman couldn't understand why uh, you know, Jesus asked her for a drink, right? And she said, and Jesus said, if you knew the generosity, there are two things that God wants us to know all the time, and especially this morning. It's really a special message from God to all your hearts. If you knew the generosity of God, God wants us to know he is a generous God. Meaning what? He's a giver. He gives without thinking, <laughs> without restraint, right? Joan shared about, you know, the blessing last week. And I believe God wants to, us to continue to know him as one, not coming to take from us, especially during tithing and offering, right? It's like, oh God, <laughs> taking time? No, giving. God wants to give to us more than we even ever think of giving to him because he initiated the whole process. He is a generous God. And why he, he put in tithing and offering is because he wants us to receive limitless blessings 
from the very act that comes from the heart of the Father. The generosity of God is something that most people don't really understand. That God is not only good, He's generous. And who I am, who is God? Today we have praise and worship celebration. We have uh, spirit man or hidden man of the heart development. We develop our spirit all is to know who, how generous God is. That's what Jesus said to this woman who doesn't know him at all, right? And he wants to tell us who he is. To know him, know who he is, and of course, at the end, know who we are in him. You would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. So you see the scenario is at a well. And they are drawing water and talking about drinking water. This woman said, sir, of course, she doesn't know who he is, right? You don't even have a bucket to draw well, to draw with. And this well is deep. See, so how are you going to get this living water? Jesus was talking from the spiritual realm because he's the son of God, right? He's from another realm. But the woman was talking from the physical realm. So all she could understand from the same words, water, was the drinking water from the well. But Jesus was talking about another water. It's called, and Jesus calls it, living waters. <clears throat> so you see the parallel of the spiritual and the physical. Jesus always used the physical to help us understand the supernatural or the spiritual realm. Are you better? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob? The woman asked, who dug this well and drank from it, he and his sons and livestock, and passed it down to us. See, this well had a history, had a past, passed down, right? So it was all the natural, okay? So in that well, in that well, you had uh, the past history of uh, Jacob, all right, and uh, later on, um, actually, Isaac first, and then Jacob. So, but that well was passed down with a history of the past, okay? Now, what is a well? In this particular uh, scripture, all right, or is in, uh, in uh, Greek, is like okay? <laughs> Strong said, it's a well, a pit from the abyss, a hole in the ground, dug for obtaining or holding water or other purpose. A cistern, okay, an abyss is a prison, a well, or a pit. So in this is a natural well, okay, that um, goes into the ground as a hole. So that's why in the, in the dictionary, right, it means an excavation or structure created in the ground by digging, driving, or drilling to access liquid resources, usually water. So today, in our modern, we are all born in a modern society. I think none of us have seen a well. <laughs> Anyone? Okay. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Robert and Joan has. Okay. So it is something from the ground you had to dig, right? The well water is drawn up by a pump or using containers such as buckets and they are raised mechanically or by hand. Water can also be injected back into the... So what about this natural well? It has a lot of work, right? 
Robert Lowe. <laughs> I don't know whether you, you dug the well yourself, but you need to do a lot. Uh, no, <laughs> it was passed down also. <laughs> okay, Joan, Joan, Joan dig a well before. Wow. <laughs> what the, was it hard work? Yes, yes. To get the water, right? So that yeah. water can come up. Yeah, it was very hard. A lot of hard work, a lot of physical uh, work was involved. So in order to get this water, and this water was for our physical uh, sustenance, correct? But there was a lot of hard work. Okay. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. Correct, Joan? After you drank the water from the well, was it that you never needed water again? Did you still feel thirsty? Yes, yes. right? Okay. So this water that we drink, all right, that I drink, okay, and you drink, will get thirsty again because it is for the physical body. And anyone who drinks this water, but anyone who drinks the water I will give will never thirst, never, ever. So Jesus was talking about another type of water, right? So he's talking from the spiritual, but the woman saw only from the natural, just as if we had met, we were the woman there, we would also wouldn't and haven't received the Lord, haven't been born again, right? Put yourself there. You also don't know what Jesus is talking about. <laughs> because in your entire life, Joan, have you seen water that drink and then never thirst again? <laughs> no, right? Even today, they have mineral water, all kinds of water, but still, it cannot last you, uh, satisfy your thirst forever. Okay? So, what on earth is this water that Jesus is talking about? The water I will give will be an artisan spring within gushing fountains of endless life. So the word artisan, all right, uh, is relating a well, all right, brought perpendicularly into water-bearing strata lying at an angle so that natural pressure produces a constant supply of water with little or no pumping. Okay, this is what? A different type. Of well, okay, where not much effort is needed because it is a natural spring, and then it will just spring by itself. The water will come out by itself without you having to dig the well. But whosoever, the same verse uh, in the King James, drinks the water that I give will never thirst. So, this special water, okay, where you will not thirst again, but I will give him shall be in him. This water will be, when you, when you drink it, it will be inside you. And the King James, they have translated it as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay, so this well, the same word is not the well that we read just now, all right? The one from the ground that you have to use a pump and a lot of effort, physical effort to dig into the pit or a hole into the ground. Jesus, the, they translated it as well. But it is another word. Just, just now that one is something like Pyarak, right? <laughs> it's not Pyarak, but okay. But here, the Greek word is Pege, okay? Pege means fountain or spring. So the, the translators translated it as well, but some other translators now have got it correct. That's why just now you read. All right, about the spring, a fountain. So what Jesus is saying that now, 
Okay, this I'm going to give you a water, but it doesn't not going to come from this physical uh, well. All right, that you have to dig and dig to get it. It is going to be a fountain or a spring that will gush out. Okay, a fountain, source or supply. <laughs> this word, pege, all right, is fountain, and it means source or supply. I have never found this before. When when the Lord or Holy Spirit gave me the title was, you know, Jesus, come and meet Jesus, our source of supply. I haven't come across, I didn't have a look at to this concordance yet. But when I found it, I know that, wow, you know, so I, I discovered and learned a lot myself. The fountain is meaning is a source and supply of water, blood, enjoyment of water blood enjoyment that fountain so what jesus is talking about that is that he's going to give this water all right that when you drink it you will never be thirsty again that you will never long for you know thirsty why, why we need water we want we need it to live right <clears throat> and the natural body thirst is to help us to continue to receive the water so that we can live this life on earth we have inside our spirit also when when man's spirit died because of adam sin we were all born in sin right there is a natural hunger of thirst okay for life because we come we are all dead in the spirit but just not aware just like this woman you don't know it was there is a constant uh, looking all right in everyone that is born from adam for life okay for source for supply in our lives in different areas and jesus said i am that fountain i am that source and the supply for your life jesus was telling this woman look at that from the picture of the well that john knows you know you have to dig and dig and dig a lot of effort and pump and pump so that the water come up but over here no need Okay, where this, the fountain is the source from which something proceeds or is supplied. So the two words are connected. First, the source and then the supply. This supply will never, never, ever run short. Okay, because it's connected to the source and no need our effort to pump, pump, pump from the well. It flows naturally, you know, generous boy jesus said to the woman right if only you knew about the generous god that means he doesn't need you to pump 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 you know your effort and all that to cry and beg god to supply me to take care of me to heal me he doesn't need us to beg him for that he constantly willingly is the source and the supply Okay, spring. So it's an opening, there's a fountain and a spring meaning, all right, near the surface of the earth for the discharge of water from the underground sources. Okay, a, a spring is a natural discharge, very different from a well, where you have to dig and then I suppose you have to hit the point where there's water and then pump it up. Okay, so over here is natural. Directly into the bed of a stream, lake or sea. So when the 
when the spring, the fountain, the water flows, it will flow and it continue to flow and continue to flow into either the sea, becomes a river, becomes a, a stream, right? So it is ever flowing. That's why it's called, Jesus said what? Whoever drinks of this water, right, will have everlasting life. You see, the woman said, sir, give me this water. You're sitting there, you say, wow. <laughs> but she was still thinking of the natural. See how we are so into our senses, five senses, right? And our natural mind. Said she couldn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty again. She was still thinking in terms of the, uh, what do you call this? In the science, uh, water. <laughs> I forgot the name, Hy Hy hydro. What? So, won't, so that I won't ever have to come back to this well again. Now, look here. To her, this well was what? Her source. Okay, her source. Someone dig it, it has a past, right? But it has, it was her source and her supply of water indirectly, uh, physical life for her. And every time she has to come back to the source, to the well, the physical source, all right? For her to have this water to drink. And isn't that how? Our lives were sometimes even after, before and after meeting Jesus or knowing him or having received him. Our source was what? Our source of life was what? Our job? Our parents? Before we could work, they were the parents like, Daddy, <laughs> money, <laughs> food, a place, a roof, all right, to live in. Our source was the, the, from the world, right? From this world, from our hard work, right? From our, our uh, the job, from our boss. Why are we scared of the boss? Why are we sick also still get up and go to work, <laughs> right? Why? Because that was a source of life. That our income comes from there, right? We, our source was natural from this world, right? And that's all we know. So that's why when something happened to the source, our supply is cut off. Yeah, exactly like this woman is saying, how I wish, you know, I don't ever need to come back to this source. Sometimes we even uh, endure all the scolding and the, the beating up <laughs> of whether your spouse, some, some, today not so bad, right? Those days, the woman depend on their husband Right? And they're they willing to be beaten up because why the husband is the source and supply for her and her children, survival. Yeah, And then we, we're willing for the boss to treat us whatever way. Why? Because at the end of the month, we need that income. We need that pay. Right? And if even in other areas, okay, with uh, healing or, or, or you know, when we are sick or whatever, our source and supply is the pharmacy <laughs> or the, the, the doctor. Again, uh, not against doctors, right? I love them and appreciate them. If not for them, many would have died, right? Christians, God's children. But that was unconsciously our source, right? 
in all the areas that we need for water is needed for what? Survival, right? So we, we have been living on the source of our past, you know, parents, teachers, work, uh, boss, okay, work, business, all this. We look to it. That's why there is a, what you call pandemic <laughs> because a lot of people's sources have been cut off. Right? The bosses have to close, close shop. Okay? And no more supply right, to the employees. All right? A lot of people lost their source of income, which is indirectly or a source of life. That's why some, if you hear at this uh, COVID-19, right, people all over the world or in America, at one time they were so resistant to the lockdown and all that, because why? They said, we rather die than have, you know, from this uh, COVID than have no money, because lockdown means they cannot work. Cannot work means there is no income. And no income means no food, right? So everyone look to the, that physical well, the source. And we were all used to it. They grew up in it many, many years. Okay. Whether you become a Christian or don't become a Christian, that has been stuck in us for a long, long time. This is my source. Right? And then Jesus had to tell this woman. Yeah. Like show her something else that she he is the source right if she would come to him but he had to show her something first so he said go call your husband and then come back oh the strange uh instruction by jesus right this woman said give me this water and then he is saying go call your husband okay then the woman said I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put. I have no husband. You have had five husbands and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. So Jesus is not uh, trying to condemn her. What? But Jesus knew something about her that of course it's not possible in the natural for him to know her past. Okay, so immediately, all right, those days, uh, they, they, they know a lot about prophets, prophets are one who know about you, right? Know the future and know things about you. Today, what we call the word of knowledge. Well, tell me this. Is it, are you, you are a prophet? Our ancestors worship God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? So Jesus was introducing God to her, the generous God, who God is, all right? The God who knows everything about you. Jesus knew about five, five husbands. <laughs> That's why he, he's God, right? Only God who can know about our lives that nobody, I think she wouldn't have really tell everyone she got five husbands, right? <laughs> okay, so it's not something that you boast about. <laughs> Yet why? But, you know, Maybe only her family knew about that, okay? Or very close friends. So it's something that only her creator would know about her life, about who, what, 
was her past, what she had gone through. Okay, so before going further into that, let's see just the conversation that Jesus had with this woman, right? First, she had to recognize him as someone um, not natural, okay? As in, she saw that he's a prophet. Okay, there's a, she operate, he operated Jesus in the word of knowledge, okay? So now he see him, she sees him a bit different than before. Before, just like an oh, ordinary man or ordinary Jew. So now he said, oh, this person knows about my life, okay? My past. Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. Now, that's how you preach the gospel, okay? <laughs> Very simple, all right? So those of you who don't know how to preach the gospel, Jesus showed us how to preach the gospel. Operate in the gifts, <laughs> okay? That's why we need the Holy Spirit, all right? And show who God is, all right? Not no need about who we are, who God is, who Jesus is, how generous our Father is, and about salvation, Okay, so but the time is coming, it has in fact come, that when you are called, will, uh, that what, what you are called, when what you are called will not matter, and where you go to worship will not matter. Even today, right? It doesn't matter. It's no longer in a, in a building. Okay, what Jesus is saying. It's not where you go, which temple you go, which uh, church building you go to, right? But most important, or which denomination, or which, uh, you know, um, name that you go to, right? It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth, right? In other words, worship me in spirit and in truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking for. For those who are simply honestly themselves before him in worship. So a note about worship here, okay, is not about well, the whole glamour of it, okay, it is about the heart. Okay, that's why you have one song, right? The heart of worship, which is God is a spirit and we can only worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, that's it. That's why sometimes God say, right? You if you sing, right, and we worship, but our heart is not there, you haven't worshiped at all. <laughs> okay, heart or your spirit, right? Link to your spirit because God is spirit. So God is sure being itself. You know? Of course, you also cannot worship if you think that God is a cruel God. <laughs> Maybe not cruel, but not so generous. Right? Come to him. Jesus come to show us that he is a loving God. He's a loving father. That is the true part. See, worship him in spirit, using your spirit man. All right, the one that's born again, not the mind. <laughs> the mind will say, how many hours huh? <laughs> do we have to sit here and sing? Huh? Okay, and then that's not worship, right? The worship is where you connect to God in the spirit and you say, Lord, I thank you. Without you, I wouldn't have gone through this week. Without you, I, I wouldn't have enjoyed your blessings. Without you, right, I wouldn't be sitting here today smiling and having this joy and this peace. That is the truth. 
and that you are a good, good father. That is true. Worshipping him in the spirit and in truth. That's the kind of people that God's looking for. So it's not a place. Okay? And are simply honest. Just being honest. You don't have to put a, a, a mask. <laughs> As I said before, right? In Zoom, no mask. So beautiful. We can see everybody's smile and everybody's heart coming forth. Right? Not covered by this one. So God has his way, right? No matter uh, whether it's COVID pandemic or what, he still wants to see his people smile. That's why he allowed this Zoom to be created, right? <laughs> Otherwise, can you imagine? We can't meet or we meet, we have to put on the mask and God, no doubt he can see us, you know, but they are covered. Why? Why cover? Outside, please cover. I don't say, uh, Stephanie said, don't, don't put on masks. Follow the SOP, okay? But what I'm saying is that there's something so beautiful in your smile because it comes from your heart. To, in thankfulness to our daddy God that we have a father and we are not orphans. That's the kind of people father is looking for. Father is always looking for children, right? If if not, you cannot be a father. <laughs> okay? You have children, then you are called father. And you're always looking out for your children. Correct, Robert Lowe? <laughs> yeah. You, you should, you, it ought to be so, right? So those are honest before God. There's nothing to hide anymore. He sees us in our sin, but he don't want to see us in our sin. And in his love and grace, he put on that rope. He give us you the rope of righteousness. Then he said, I don't remember your sin. So we don't need to cover our sin or our weaknesses or our failures or our past. He settled it for all. He just don't remember. He does it for us. You see, the, the, you know, human effort is so difficult. We try to hide our past. We try to hide our weaknesses. We try. We're so conscious of self. But when they come into his presence, our wonderful daddy God, he removed that consciousness of self and he puts on consciousness of Jesus that we forget about ourselves. That's why Evelyn need to make us co-hosts. If not, she worship and then nobody else can come in if we are late because <laughs> she forgot about herself. She just into, into God, into his presence. Right? So this is the beautiful thing that God has done for us. He re remove our sin that we don't need to bother about ourselves, okay, about our past. Jesus said, I give you this new water. They come before him. As, as he is, so are we. What is that? The righteousness of God. That means he don't look at you or me in my failures or in my uh, weakness. He just see me and say, oh, Ching Lan, you're so beautiful. Joan, you're so beautiful. <laughs> because you see Jesus inside you, that's all. And then, you know, even we stutter, we say the wrong thing. He's, ah, did I? He never hear it. <laughs> he said, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Were you really? No. Because he sees us as perfectly holy and righteous in Christ. This is the freedom that we can have in his presence. Okay? Without fear, without guilt, without condemnation. That's how we worship. God is sure being itself spirit. Those who worship him in their spirit, in adoration. Okay? Praying in tongues and, and worshiping in tongues is what? 
the first thing that happened in the book of Acts was that they found themselves speaking in different languages. What were they doing? Magnifying God in that language that unknown to them, it was a praise. It was magnified. Thank you, Lord. You're so great. You're so powerful. You're so wonderful. You're so generous. You're so kind. You're so loving. You're so forgiving. And you, you heal us. Thank you, Lord. Magnifying God. That's why it's all about adoration. If you don't know how to adore the Lord today, in heaven, we will learn. <laughs> because that's all we do during worship that time there adoring him. The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. So at that time, she had no idea what, you know, about worshipping God in the spirit. It sounds a bit weird to her, right? But she also heard, okay, all the, the Samaritans and all those around the Jews, the Gentiles, they of course have heard about the God of the Jews, right? And they said that the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming. I heard about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. And of course, what was Jesus doing? Was leading her, all right, in the conversation, leading her towards God, all right, towards himself as he is the Messiah, right, by describing about God. He said, I am he, said Jesus. Have you met Jesus that way? <laughs> okay. Not just say a salvation prayer, okay? but just, okay, that's fine, all right? As, you, as long as you believe in your heart, all right? But meeting Jesus the way this woman met him, where he's, Jesus tells you, I am he, I am your savior, <laughs> I am your source, I am your supply. Have you heard him telling you that? If not, now Mike, this morning he's telling you that. <laughs> I am your source, not your boss, not your parents if you are young, not your job, not your business. It's me. It's me. Jesus said, I am he. The Messiah means savior, right? And just now he was talking about, I'm the fountain. I'm your source and supply. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Why did this woman have to marry five times? Divorce, okay? They, uh, the Jews had the, in, under the law, they had divorce. So, so married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce, five times. If you are a married woman, or you would know most women, most, not all, but most, right? They marry for security, right? So at least in the old age, there is someone to take care of them, you know? As a source of supply, as a source. <laughs> Those days, women don't work, right? So the husband is the source, right? Yes, Robolo, you're so glad your wife worked, right? <laughs> so he don't see you as the bank. Right? Some, some people say they are the ATM, right? So they were the source, okay? The man has this, you know, great responsibility to be the source. That's so why Jesus is our husband. Men have to think, figure it out. So he's also the husband to the man, right? meaning he's our source. He wants us to see him as source, not our husband, not our wives, not our children. Okay, we, we, we grow them up so that one day they become our source, right? When we, when we are old. 
<laughs> okay, not our bosses. These are all our past, and that is what we look for in a man or a woman. Okay, probably this this woman has married, divorced, maybe in most cases she probably cannot supply <laughs> her need. Okay, and then she has a lot of needs, maybe not only money in many areas. Okay, and this man cannot. So find another one. Still cannot. Then another one. So we may not know exactly the reason, only Jesus knows. But <clears throat> in the natural, they say, wow, five times. Uh, that means really, you know, something is not being satisfied for this woman. Okay. So what do we all need in life? To have a source and a continuous supply of life, right? Otherwise, she wouldn't be doing that. So Jesus knew what she was looking for in her life. She was looking for probably love also. And of course, Asian women today, you know, won't, won't, won't do it so, so openly, right? More in US. But everyone look for the same thing that we have, we have created in this world. We look for love. We look for security. We look for financial security. Yeah. And Jesus said, I am that source to you and even much more. Because besides giving us love, financial security, he also gives us healing. He also gives us help, that which money cannot buy. And he says, you don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Are we still looking? <laughs> if you have been a believer for a long time or for some time, are you still looking for your source in your supply? If you are still looking somewhere for that source and supply, we still haven't met Jesus in who he is and who he is trying to tell us. If our whole hope and happiness is dependent on our job or the money or someone, a husband or wife, parents or children, then we have not yet known Jesus as our source and supply. We have to be like this woman at the well. But the wonderful thing is that this woman didn't go and look for Jesus. He don't know, she don't know. And God never condemned her, but Jesus knows. And Jesus went to meet her. Jesus today knows all your needs. He knows all your worries, your concerns, and your fears. He don't even condemn you if you have never looked to him as your source and supply. He knows the frailty of humanity, the human heart, the need for to look in the physical into the sense realm. He doesn't condemn us, condemn us. Remember, he says he knows we are like dust, how frail we are. But yet, he loves us. Yet, he came. Yet, he keep on. He made this, you know, he went even tired to go and meet this woman who didn't look for him. <laughs> he looked for her, right? So salvation is what? Jesus looked for you. Yeah, uh, even go. Jesus looked for you. Oh, that's how much he loved us. And then these disciples went back. They were shocked at that time. 
they couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. Okay, so probably they all know a bit about the past after that, right? And you know, human being, first thing is what? You just judge someone, right? My husband must be immoral or something wrong with her, you know? It becomes that kind of woman, isn't it? That's how we feel too. <laughs> we don't want to talk to a prostitute. We don't want to talk to someone divorced so many times. Right? One time or so, you look at a, a, a woman divorced and you feel something is wrong with this woman. Why she divorced? Right? Our mind straight away is goes into uh, you know, thinking something bad about someone. And Jesus was very different from his disciples. But he was always... You know, this three and a half years with them, teaching them, teaching them how God thinks. Okay, so different from how we think, right? Jesus never saw her as that kind of woman. Jesus just saw her as someone who needed God's generosity and God's love. No one said, what they were all thinking. <laughs> this is even more funny, right? <laughs> yeah. But their faces show it. <laughs> cannot see their disciples. They didn't say out that there was this kind of woman, you know. And then Jesus, their master, is talking with this kind of woman. But Jesus know our thoughts, right? Holy Spirit know all our thoughts. And so wonderful. He's still patient with them. And still teaching them. And one day, he knew that when he go to the cross, they will have the mind of Christ after they get born again. And they won't think this way anymore because they will think about the lost souls that Jesus died for. They will see them, this kind of woman, the way Jesus saw them with eyes of love and knowing that they are lost and they need Jesus. The woman took the hint and left. See, the woman had no place in the eyes of men, not even the disciples of Jesus. In her confusion, she left a water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, come. You see, here was the, an evangelist. Okay, better I don't say this word. Sounds too big, right? <laughs> and then everyone will say, I'm not evangelist. Evelyn, Evelyn. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. There's no evangelist here. Take that out. Okay. But what she meant, she, what the word means is that you just do the work of the evangelist. All right. Paul said that also. Do the work of the evangelist, meaning go out and tell others. Go out and tell others. She didn't even need to have Jesus say, go and tell others. Immediately, she went to the village and she said to the people, come, see. A man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside out. Have you met this wonderful Savior? Have you met someone, Jesus, who knew all about you, about your past, about your failures, about your success, about your, your life, about you trying to, you know, did the wrong things, yeah? This woman really met Jesus. 
when you meet Jesus, how can you not tell another person about him? It's just not possible because he is not religion. He's someone who loves us despite ourselves. I believe, you think this woman liked herself? Probably not. You knew the one thing that strikes her so much is that Jesus knew all about her and didn't condemn her. He knew her inside. Come and see. Come and see this man. Have you met Jesus? Have you realized that he knows you? Everything that you did from the day you were born, probably. Even before you were born, you know, whether if you are born out of wedlock. If the world has classified you as that kind of woman, he knew and he never pushed you away. And he said, come, I will give you that living waters. You don't have to look anymore in this world for your source of your supply. And do you think this could be the Messiah? They went out to see for themselves. Of course, in the end, I won't share the whole story. You can read it for yourself, right? They also knew Jesus for themselves because they came and they met Jesus for themselves. Later on, they said, not only because you told us about Jesus, we have met him ourselves. Isn't it wonderful to meet Jesus? Not in a sentimental way, but in a way that he does not condemn you. And you can finally see him as your source the fountain that wants to supply you instead of the, the source that we thought in this world can supply us and give us the peace, give us the joy and give us you know, whatever we needed. It's a song, whatever I needed, you have provided, Lord. Second Corinthians 5. I will firm in another version message. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. Remember, Jesus said, I come to give you living waters, to give you a life that you will never thirst again. You don't need to look elsewhere. If you're still looking elsewhere, come back and look at Jesus, he is your source and your supply. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. This is the life he wants to give us. If you have lived before you received the Lord, a life scary, insecure, without love, and after you receive the Lord, still looking, well, it's okay, don't be condemned, but just know that Jesus wants you to know him as your source and supply that you don't have to look any further. The problem is not you, it's just you haven't heard enough about the goodness, the grace of God, the love of Jesus, the far better life, a life where you don't need to look anymore, you don't need to fear, because when you have that source, are you ever afraid? <laughs> he is your source. He is not, he is your supply. 
because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Today, Holy Spirit wants us to look at Jesus in a different way. Don't look at him as a religion. He wants to tell you, as he told this woman at the well, that he is your source and your supply. And when you drink of that water, the living waters, you will never thirst again. You don't need to look anywhere else. Now we look where? Inside. What we see is that anyone, it's the famous verse that we all know, a verse that changed my life. And that what we see is that united with the Messiah, whoever is united with the Messiah, therefore anyone who is in Christ, <laughs> is a new creation, or gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons or sprout out, spring out. <laughs> okay, it's growing very fast, the word virgin. Look at it. Look at this new life. Okay, this new creation life that Jesus, that you were born again with, the new spirit man that is born. It's no more dependent on our past. Don't go back and look for that well <laughs> that we used to have that water. Go back and, and you know, I used to, you know, that, that job is your security that God shows to you. He can do, he can provide for you. Not the, that well that is dug from the hole from the ground. Whatever we had depended upon, whether it's a man, a human being, or um, something from this world, it is from this world, it will, it will deplete no more. All right? Because when you dig from the, the earth, right? The well there, have you heard the well can be dry? <laughs> right? No more water, right? Yeah, because you need to keep pumping, I think, the whole te techniques of it. But the spring continues to flow. You don't have to do anything. This is the new, the new life. Okay, a fresh start. Don't go back to your past. Okay, start drinking that water. Start looking to the fount. Old fount of uh, uh, some of you know this hymn, right? Come thou fount of every blessing. Jesus is that fountain, that source of every blessing in our life. Not just, not just provision, also health, healing, righteousness, removing fear from our life. The old has gone. A new life. Look at it. All this comes from the God who set up the relationship between us and then called us to settle our relationship with each other. God put the world square with him through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start. Everyone who would receive this wonderful Jesus will have a fresh start. Don't need to go back to the well. By offering forgiveness of sin, God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. How did we get the fresh start? Because he didn't condemn us. He never condemned this woman who had five husbands, whose life was to everyone. It's like, what's wrong with her? Huh? 
right? That kind of woman. What's wrong? What's wrong with us? That's what the world does to you, right? What's wrong with you? Your, your, your boss, your leaders, they always say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? And they never say, what's right with you? What's wrong with you? But Jesus, he never said, what's wrong with you? He just says, I know, I know what you went through. I know how hard it was your life. I know, I know every detail of your life inside out. And I just want to come and heal every part of you inside out. And I want to give you a new life where I become that source, where Jesus become that fountain flowing ever supplying all that you need, whatever you want. That's why Jesus says, whatever you delight, whatever you desire, ask. Your boss got to say like that to you or not? <laughs> whatever you desire, ask. <laughs> Never, right? You have to work for it. And then there's a limit. But to God, there's no limit. Then you begin to see him as your source and your supply fresh start that everyone can have. Don't you want to tell anyone, everyone about this? This person who is not, you know, don't have to worry about the pandemic, right? Because he's not subject to the pandemic. <laughs> the well, anything that's from this world, all the jobs and the business and, you know, people are from this world. But God is from above. He is in control. So, he is now our source, the river flows, that, that spring, that fountain. You think it will run out of supply? <laughs> as anyone who came to Jesus as their source and supply ever testified, there was a time that I, had not, I, I was in lack. There was a time if you had seen him as your source and supply, there will never be because up to your gray hairs, he will carry you. That's the promises of God. He will provide the forgiveness of sins. It's the, it's the fresh start for your life. That's why it's so important to understand forgiveness of sins that we don't go back into our past when Jesus has already removed every guilt, every consciousness of the past, even right going back into our former source. To know him, Philippian Paul says, that I may know him. To know him means what? Letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. Whether it's failures, weaknesses, regrets, all successes as the world see it, throw it away. Let go of everything. Let go of your uh, dependence on the sources of this world. Today what happened already showed us that nothing in this world is guaranteed. Right? Today, you can have a job today and lose it the next day. Maybe it doesn't even happen, have to happen because of the pandemic. It happens all the time. Right? But Jesus says, right, you will never, when you drink of his, this living water, when he becomes the source of your life, when you see it, come and see. Come and see this man, right? Who told me all that I ever did. Inside out, he knows me. He knows you. He never condemns you. And the only problem is the past. And to know him more is to let go 
of everything from my past. Everything that you have relied upon is like a pile of manure to me so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. Our whole purpose of getting saved is to know Jesus Christ. Know Jesus Christ. Know Jesus Christ. Have you met Jesus Christ as the one who loves you, generous, forgave all your sins, don't even remember, remove your past from you, and now wants to be your source and supply in your life. Do you want to know this person? Forget about a man, right? <laughs> this woman, five husbands, hoping to know a husband who would love her, probably, and care for her, be her source and supply. Well, there's no one to blame, because this world also was already corrupted in sin. So without Christ, okay, all of us are failures. And embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. See, this God is generous, is great, is powerful, but we just don't know him yet. Enough. And that's where Paul says, who got all the revelations of the new creation, says, I was, that I may know him. It's not know about the Bible, it's not have more knowledge of uh, all the verses, it's know him, this wonderful person whom, you you know, in the spirit, remember, God is a spirit, those who worship him or adore him, right, is have to adore him in the truth of who he is, not what we think he is. And embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. He's, he's waiting to release provision into your life. He's waiting to, to release healing, miracles into our lives, even as his work goes forth. To heal every part of our body. Because not only is he good, he has the power and ability to do. My passion is to be consumed with what? With what's happening in the world. We're trying to be the source. <laughs> Sometimes we also try to be the source right? for our children. God is the source. Point them right, to Him as the source of their life, as the supply, and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be His, my right standing, my ability to stand there without worry, without fear, without guilt, without shame. It's all because he gave me this standing. He gave me this righteousness. I'm going to live by his righteousness, by his grace, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. It's so difficult, in a sense, to comprehend the goodness of our God. Sometimes we teach about faith. Yes, we need to know faith and how to move in faith and all that. Yet at the point where we don't have faith, it is his faithfulness to us. That means what? That means he will still continue to be good to you. He will still, if we will only look at him, if you will only come to him, run to him first before anyone else or anything else. The way, right, the very righteousness that comes from God. 
I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance. When we see him, right, as our sources of supply, what are we running into? We're running into his abundance. So that they're not like, so that I may reach the purpose that Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. The whole Christian life is also a discovery of the generosity of God and who he is and what he wants to do for us. He doesn't want to see us sick. He doesn't want to see us in pain or in worries or in lack. But, but what? You haven't seen him because of this spirit, soul, and body thing, <laughs> right? Our body, our spirit has been born again, but our mind has not been renewed. That's why we need to know him through his word to renew this mind to be in line okay, with what has already happened to us in the spirit to discover the goodness of God. I don't depend on my own strength. Even to know him, it's not about my strength or how I'm going to do it. He supplies. He supplies faith to us. He supplies grace to us. He supplies food. He supplies everything that we need in life to accomplish this, to know him in his righteousness. However, I do one compelling focus. On his part, he will supply everything. On our part, there's one thing that we need to choose to do. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. We have to forget and let go of our past, of whatever we have depended upon, of whatever we have looked at as our support. Yeah, last we talked about the vine, right? Jesus being the vine, we are the branch. We have to forget. And where is the forgetting? How to do this forgetting is in the mind part. And it says, if God said you can do it, means you can do it. He said, oh, I cannot forget. <laughs> Why you argue with God? <laughs> God says you can, all right? Forget all of the past means you choose to what? You choose as a will. You choose to have, what is that word called? Um, um, amnesia, is it? When you lost your memory. I remember when God gave me that revelation in one of the, the messages or sermons that I I preached the other day about past, present, future. Yeah, in the past, I've known a little bit of all this, but that revelation stuck with me as the Holy Spirit told me. The past is inside here, your past. If you choose to forget those things that hurt you or those things that you depended upon, all right, whichever your own, either it's your own righteousness or those fears or those things that you know. If I choose, and that you have the power to choose, and I realize and say, God, I, 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 I want this amnesia. <laughs> I choose right now to forget what these people did to me. You know what happens <laughs> when I said that. It's like a brand new start. That's what a fresh start. Because when you forget, you have amnesia and you forget one what person, you know, whether it's your husband, your wife, or whoever, the enemy or what did to you. Do you remember? It's like a fresh start when you meet the person, right? <laughs> because you totally don't remember anything that happened. 
I think, yes, Lord, this is how our new life starts in you. I forget. I choose to forget. And the memory of the righteous is blessed. That this God will empower you to do that. If you say, Lord, I will do that. I will let you, I will forget. I, I choose to forget all the past. As I fasten my heart to the future. So you focus on your spirit for the future, which is promised is good. I choose to believe God what you said about a wonderful future that you have for me. All things are passed away. All things have become new. But a lot of Christians still have their own things inside this head. But if Jesus or God also has already forgotten it. Why do you want to go on to it? Because Jesus has forgiven us of our sins. We can forgive others. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal. Whatever we hold on into this world, whether it's your job, your you know, a relationship, someone that hurts you so much you can't forgive, whatever, it brings death. It's not worth holding on to. Whoever that person is, or you know, that became your source, it can be your source of uh, thought what's supposed to be happiness, your source of Hatred, maybe. <laughs> Some people delight in holding that hatred inside. Something to hold on to. Why? Let it go. It's the past. Jesus already took it all on the cross. Not worth it holding on. Because there's a bright future where Jesus becomes our source and supply of what? Of good things. Health, healing, happiness. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal. And gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. It's a heavenly goal, right? I think just, was it in a song, in a Cambodian song just now? Yeah, Evelyn, correct? We're talking about, you know, you're going to meet Jesus soon. Yeah, in heaven. And we know that it's coming nearer and nearer. Even if it's not near, even if it's another thousand, maybe 50 years more. 50 years will pass very fast, you know. <laughs> yeah, 10 years pass, five years. Don't you feel that from last week to this week, today is so fast? It's super fast. The, the, the last days are really being speed up, right? Close eyes and then we are on today already having our service. Yeah, it was just like yesterday we had the service. Yeah, it was it's so fast. This life on this earth is not going to last forever. So don't put our whole heart into this life, this world. Okay, put your treasure in the heavenly goal. Right? Where Jesus, everything, nothing will fade away. Your rewards are waiting for you. Where Jesus, you will be with Jesus forever and ever. That's where Albert is. Brother Albert is today. He's with Jesus. But don't say, Lord, let me die faster. <laughs> okay? Because you have a purpose to live so that many others will come to know Jesus as their source and supply, especially during this time of a lot of fear and panic. You know, you can sit in your own room. You wake up in the morning. There's nothing. Haven't turned on the radio. Haven't heard any news yet. And suddenly your heart can be beating with fear. 
or is it your heart? A thought comes into your mind that you have been dwelling upon of what is happening in the world. Because why? The source and supply have been put onto a job or someone. That's why it hits. Because you have not, you know, it can go in a second when you switch back because of this mind with on and off will go back into the thoughts that come from this world. How urgent and important is that we fix our mind on the word, on the thoughts of God. That's what some of the things that I promise um, Evelyn Go, she's here tomorrow, I'll teach you a little bit on that as well. But I have received everything, Paul says in Philippians, in full and more. I'm amply supplied. You see, Paul knew who, who is his source. Jesus, Lord. He knows to be content when there's a lot and when there's nothing much, right? He says, I've received everything in full and more. I'm amply supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me, they are a fragrant aroma of an offering and acceptable sacrifice which God welcomes and which he delights. My God, so these people are in the Philippian church, right? Ministered to him, to his whatever he did. And he says, my God will liberally supply, fill until full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Your boss cannot supply you according to his riches in his bank account because his bank account also got problem. <laughs> Probably, and he will never promise you this, okay? But our God, our source and supply, all right, says that he will liberally, without you even doing anything, right, supply just by believing in him and saying, Lord Jesus, I want to know you as my source and supply. From this day onwards, Jesus, you are my source. You will provide, fill and full every need. Do you have a lot of needs? Yes. There is no need that Jesus is, uh, you know, oblivious to, right? I had so many testimonies, right? Even in wartime, a simple a little girl who needs a hairpin and God provided a hairpin for her in the midst of the rubble and whatever is happening. If God wants to provide, if we only turn and drink this living water. What is the living water? The water of the word. The word of who he is, is the one who gives you that confidence knowing that this is a generous God. Your father, Jesus, wants to take care of you. Let go of the past, of what you have learned from this world that you need to survive on your own. Okay, again, I'm not talking about don't work, okay? But I'm talking about the whole dependence of our life, okay, that we have been taught and brought up to depend on your own self. Eh? Haven't you heard this before? No, no one can be trusted. Uh. I trust myself. Uh. <laughs> I trust myself. Uh. I cannot trust because why they went through bad experiences and they teach you this kind of belief for survival. Don't trust anyone. Trust yourself. It's 
It's not trust yourself. Jesus come and tell us, trust him. Yes, everyone can feel it's true, right? We all can feel another person because we are still in this body. But there's someone who will never ever fail us. That's why he's ever faithful. It's Jesus. You can't trust him. How to say it? <laughs> On the, <laughs> you know, we, we declare uh, the Bible, right? Yeah. I'm not saying this because I'm saying this. I'm saying because God says it. He can be trusted and there's evidence of it. All his children, men and women who have trusted him through their lives have never seen God fail them at all. My God will literally, liberally fill to your every need. Whatever kind of need. I want you to see this word supply, the meaning, so that we don't see God as limited. Supply means plug. Pl to make full, fill up, fill to the full, to furnish, to supply liberally, abound, fill to the top. Nothing shall be wanting to full measure. You know, you love your provision to be full to the top, right? Robert, go and buy. <laughs> Make sure the provision in the kitchen is full to the top. Or it's going to the brim already with will. Say, go fill it up, right? This is our daddy. He wants us to be always full up. Okay? Full up. See the picture of God. Not lack, but always filling us up. Hmm? Wine also supply, right? Uh, um, is that Wendy, right? Yeah, to fill to the top. Fill to the brim. Consume it to make complete in every particular, to render perfect. You know, he made us perfect, even in our spirit. It's not half perfect. It's pure and holy. Fully. Of saints, of, to realize that, to carry into effect, accomplish, to uh, prophecies, promise, promises, to bring it to pass. Okay, He's going to supply. He's going to bring the promises to pass that he has said over your lives. Look to him. Only thing is... He, he knows there are certain things about character. He's dealing with us. That's why uh, the time is there. But when it comes up to supply, you think he doesn't want to supply us? He's our father. The word is to make replete. English word, right? It's good we learn some English words. To replete is to cram as a net, okay? To level up, to follow. Cram, you know, full, okay? Furnish, refuse, satisfy. You're not satisfied? Ask God for to be satisfied, whichever area. All right, execute, um, verify. Okay, and this word repeat in the English dictionary. Words are powerful. I live on words because why? Especially his word, right? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You eat it, you eat the fruit. If you love that word, you eat the fruit. Words give you life. Replete is to fill or well supplied with something. Full, well stocked. <laughs> to the pandemic, like everyone rushed to the supermarket, especially Singapore, huh? <laughs> the first time. So we saw all the pictures. So what? People are just in the physical, okay? They are so scared already. I have to stock up, stock up, stock up. 
not saying you don't stock up, right? But just see this picture as God a supplier. He already stocked up in the spiritual realm. If ever there is a need, the angels are commanded, bring this for Stephanie, bring this for Chinglan, bring this for Wendy. She just prayed and asked for this. <laughs> the supply in heaven, all the rooms are stocked up. And God wants to stock up for her, for you, every one of you. Huh? How to? This is so fun, right? Well provided, crammed, crowded, right? With whatever desire that you have. Pack, jam, stuff, overflowing, bursting, brimful, brimming, loaded. Oh, we love to be loaded in this world, right? He used the word. Oh, he's so loaded. Have you ever seen God as loaded? We seldom see him as loaded, right? We see the villain air as loaded. Say, <laughs> oh, I wish my husband loaded, right? You know, right? You already have. Jesus is loaded, okay? Overloaded. Yeah. Boaz, hello, uh, Ruth, <laughs> are you still there? <laughs> okay, so Boaz is overloaded, right? Rich. Okay, as long as we don't look to this world for our source, Jesus is our source, right? You can have whatever you ask in my name, even give you the, his name. The name, the, at the name of Jesus, right? The things that you ask for, will be given you. Wow. That's our husband, right? Give you the name. His name. Name very important, right? To sign the name. You know, who, you know yeah? the wife, very, very uh, well supplied if they've got a husband in the natural, right? Whose name is very big one. <laughs> okay. You go to the shop. No, you say, and you just name it. Oh, this name, uh, quickly, whatever you want, take. Whatever you want, take. That's the name of Jesus. You just say, Jesus. And then whatever you want, take. This, this is actually how it is in the spiritual. Okay, you are charged solid, thick. You want solid one, right? Abounding, jam-packed, very full or sated by food. Satisfied. I went out in the sun-drenched streets again, example. Replete and relax. Replete and relax, okay? When you are fully satiated, when you are charged, when you are loaded, when you are, you realize you are fully supplied in your source, what happened? You relax, right? <laughs> you don't stress up. Replete, full, comes followed by the word relax. Why we not relax? Why we cannot smile? It's because we don't feel we are fully supplied. We haven't seen Jesus as the source fully. That is okay. That's why Jesus, said, Holy Spirit, want us to see that. So that you can smile every day. In the, in the midst of whatever pandemic or whatever. Because your source is not from there. Your source is from Jesus. He opened, closed one door. The boss said, okay, don't want you. Never mind, he can open another door. Is the boss greater? Is this world greater than our God? You answer that question. If not, then why are you worried, right? Now I have it all and keep getting more in the message version. The gifts you send were more than enough. Sweet smelling uh, uh, sacrifice. I want you to hear this in this language because it's very nice, right? Message. Getting more. 
keep getting more, okay? Every one of us keep getting more, more of Jesus, more of his supply, jam-packed, right? Over, brimming, okay? These are the words that should come up from our life, not, don't know whether tomorrow got enough or not. <laughs> don't know whether after I give or not. You know? All this is not our vocabulary, all right? The vocabulary of heaven, of us, the children of God is, so much more. <laughs> I'm getting more. I'm giving more. Oh, God is good. Okay? And it says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. That's what Paul is saying. Uh, but in the physical, was Paul a billionaire like Solomon? No. He don't need physical evidence to tell him he is a billionaire. He just need to know his God is with him and will supply all his needs and take care of him. And that makes him a billionaire in the spiritual because he never had a need. Even the billionaire can lose his billions in a time like this. But not our God, right? Because his money, God's, God's uh, wealth is not from this earth. God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. That's the glory that's pouring out from Jesus. Remember the, the wine flowing from the mountains? <laughs> I want to share other things. God said, come back here, okay, for now. <laughs> right. Because there is a glory that is outpouring. The Holy Spirit pour out His Spirit. With the Holy Spirit comes all the blessings. We receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the, the down payment for our blessings. Right? When He begins to lead you. Because we are no longer led by the past. No longer led by our, our carnal mind or our five senses. When you are led by the Spirit, He will lead you into the streams of living waters into the fountains of blessing, into blessing. The Holy Spirit, remember why uh, uh, Paul says that you are a child of Abraham, all right, because he has sent you his Holy Spirit. <laughs> why you can inherit the blessings because of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit knows everything. Where is the financial going to come from? Where is the healing? What is wrong? What is right? Everything he knows. And then you have this Holy Spirit outpour in Joel. In the last days, I will pour out onto all flesh, handmaidens, the Holy Spirit. And you learn to hear him, learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. And with the word, with the water of the word, you cannot but flourish. You cannot but be fully and amply supplied and live in health and wholeness is pouring. Our soul contains our past. Our spirit contains our future. We can decide which direction we want to go. Yeah? Don't let the soul area, the past, lead you back to the past. The woman at the well, the woman said, I want this so that I, uh, uh, this living water, so I don't have to come back to this well. Let go of the past. Renew this mind. If there's anything in this mind that is from the past, that is from the old, let it go. 
think there's a song like frozen in it. Uh, Ching Lan knows. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Why hold on to something that's, you know, not going to bring you anywhere, bring you sorrow, bring you fear, bring you worry, all right? Let it go, all right? And put your, fix, fasten your heart onto the future in Christ, okay? Begin to review this mind and, of, and change our thinking. All right, of Jesus now is our fountain of life, of supply, of source and supply. And that is the direction that we are heading. He gave you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might become oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. This is belongs to us in Christ. Okay, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concern. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for, for what? For bad? The world is ex expecting everything to become worse and worse. But in Christ, God, Jesus, is our source and supply, everything works for good. Will come and settle you down. It is wonderful what happens. So it's, God is telling us something wonderful, miracle, wonderful things happening. When Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. How do we stop worrying? In the natural, we will stop worrying if the boss signed a contract with you <laughs> and said, don't worry, even pandemic or whatever, I will still give you your pay. <laughs> Is it? Are all these can still be relied upon? Worry is when we are depending on something that is, can be shaken. But when we are dependent on someone who will never break his promise. And what did he promise? He promised to take care of you, right? Someone who loved you, faithful to you forever. So don't look at the human one who failed. Just say, all right. You become Jesus, become the center of your life. It's not just a song. Right, is knowing him. He is your source, he's a supply, therefore it becomes the center. Money has become the center of our lives for many people. Even hell. <laughs> He's so scared of being sick until, right? We indulge in all kinds of whatever, like Michael Jackson, <laughs> scared of death. Death was the center of his life. In the end, he died. What is the center of our lives? What is the thing that we think about the most? All the time. <laughs> is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it money? Is it job? Let it go. That's the past. No more. It's unstable. It's unreliable. 
he can see it. Whatever is from this earth, whatever can be seen with our physical eyes is temporary. Whatever is eternal is what has happened in our spirit, what the word of God said. And when we fasten ourselves to God's word, you get healed immediately because his word says, by his stripes you were healed because you'll get provided for. And then you stop worrying. This is what it means by Jesus, the center of our lives, our source and our supply. May we keep knowing this wonderful Savior, like this woman on the well, at the well, and he said, come and see, come and see this Jesus. Take away all your worries, take away all your fears, and it becomes your life because it gave you water, everlasting life, not what this world gives, only give you fear, but Jesus gave you peace, joy. Every day you wake up and say, Jesus, you are the center of my life. I will not fear. Because you are my source, my source of health, my source of healing, my source of provision, my source of righteousness. Yes, you are, Jesus. So you become my center. And when he's the center, I'm not very sure about science, right? The center is very important, the equilibrium, right? <laughs> If not, we will be not balanced. Okay, so when Jesus is center, everything around us work for good. That's who he is. Today, may we know the generosity of our daddy God. He doesn't want any one of you to be in pain, to be in lack, to suffer. Not now, not tomorrow, not the day after, not the day after, after, after. Because he already prepared for us. Everything for you, your children. He loves your children more than you love your children. And once we begin to believe this, receive all this, you'll never wake up and feel that panic and fear again. I also went through that. It's quite horrible. Do you know that Jesus doesn't want us to go through that? Amen. Let wonderful things are going to happen. Let's fasten our heart to the goodness of God, to the generosity of God and His goodness, and let miracles and wonderful things happen to us, our family, our children, when we put in Jesus, Lord, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see you as the source and supply. So ever you need, he has provided. He has provided. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Let's let the Holy Spirit continue to bless each one of us and give you that revelation inside your spirit and manifestation of his goodness, the wonderful things that are going to happen 
in your life as you turn to him. And the way this woman caught hold of that truth, when Jesus said, I am the Messiah, I am your Savior. And then he forgot, she, her past didn't matter anymore. What people think of her doesn't matter anymore. All that matters is that she found her Savior, she found a new life, a fresh start, a new future where she don't need to worry anymore and don't need to look for anything anymore because everything that we ever need is in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.